Today we're going to continue our work in through the scripture, and we're in Isaiah 61. Um, who knows what the, uh, the title of the sermon is today? Penny, what's it? Yell it loud. Okay, there we go. You got a helper over there. Does anybody ever feel overwhelmed? This morning I told, she, Pam asked me what I was preaching, I said, the title of the sermon is called, I Am Overwhelmed. And I want you to understand something about your pastor right now. This statement, I am overwhelmed, is a little bit true about my life right now. Okay? I am overwhelmed. But I love what happens. Pam even said, well, that sounds a little negative. You know? And I'm like, well, let's turn to Isaiah 61 and see if it is negative or not. Look what it says. I am overwhelmed with joy. So see, when I said I'm overwhelmed, everybody went to the negative. Oh, you're stressed out, you're busy, you're, you're confused, you're tired, you're all those things. But the reality is, when can we be overwhelmed with joy? What an awesome opportunity we have, believer, disciple, Follower of Jesus to be overwhelmed with joy. How dare you say overwhelmed with joy in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of hard times, in the midst of a country that, that needs help more than anything else. How dare you preach this overwhelmed with joy. I want you to understand joy is what gives us hope. And if we don't walk in the joy of Jesus, then you can't possibly walk in the hope of Jesus. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to live out. Even in the middle of terrible things. Even in the middle of, of, of crazy you know, inflation and all this kind of stuff that's affecting everybody. And you have tendency to get down. And the reality is you need to just remember one thing. Write this on the top of your page. This is not our home. If you don't, if you, if you don't remember anything else, but you remember this is not my home. It's okay. I'm going to be born and I'm going to live to an average. I think a, a guy lives to about 72 right now, maybe 73. And I'm going to live to about that point, And I'm going home for the rest of eternity. So in the middle of your overwhelmed nature, let's just get overwhelmed with joy. Can we do that? So let's start and let's read this passage in Isaiah 61, 10 through 11. Again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, these days, oh wow, these days, they sure are something. And you're allowing these things to happen in our world, and sometimes you're causing things to happen in our world. And it seems like a lot of times you're testing us. To see how we'll respond in the midst of those things. Today, Lord, let us be overwhelmed with the joy 
that only comes from you. Let us live that way so that we can show others how to live that way too. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. Well, first of all, I, I, it says I am overwhelmed with joy, but just to be completely candid and honest, I want to be overwhelmed with joy, right? I, I want that to be my goal because sometimes I get up and I've got the list, the to-do list or the things going on or I know I've got a meeting I've got to go to and I'm not looking forward to that meeting and that thing. And just to be quite, quite honestly, I'm overwhelmed with a sense that I can just get through this day. Or is that just me? Anybody else? Like, like I'm overwhelmed with, oh my goodness, it's heavy. And y'all, if we can figure out how to trade that heavy burden, how to trade that heavy thought, how to trade that nature in the flesh for walking and living in the Spirit of God and the joy of Jesus, something can change in our life, and not only our life, but the life of those around us. Does anybody in here have a workplace? You got a workplace? Let me see your hands if you got a workplace. Now, I'm not going to ask you this question, but I'm going to assume sometimes that workplace can be heavy. Sometimes there could be a burden there. Sometimes there could be a little bit of stress in that workplace. Now, think about it this way. If you take Jesus with you to the workplace, do you think it's possible for him to lift that heavy burden? To make the weariness not be so humdrum and weary? but that your steps can be steps of joy and of peace and encouragement. This word joy, it's a big word. Usually we use it one time a year, and what is it? Christmas. We want to sing it together. Joy to the world. Come on. A little Christmas since you lie. Right here. I love it. Doesn't everybody love Christmas, or is it just me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, God. And so it's fun to think about this word joy and, and, and you think about the reality that Jesus has come and you think about the reality that he's here and it's just this big, huge word that we can unpack not only at Christmas time, but all year round we can unpack this word in our life. Y'all, I'm not trying to be like this super hyper, like not looking at anything real guy because I understand that life is hard. And I understand there are going to be really bad days. There are going to be days where you wake up. I've done it before. You've done it before. You wake up and you sit in the corner of the room and you go, I don't know how I'm going to do it today. And just to be truthfully honest, sometimes we believers, followers, disciples of Jesus, we completely don't even think about putting our eyes on him. We're trying to 1,000% fix it ourselves. And the reality is, y'all, you can't have joy trying to fix it yourself. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. The scripture says to focus, to fix your eyes on Jesus. Okay? When it's fixed, it's not going there. I do enough woodwork that, man, I can get a, a number eight or a, or a number nine screw, and I can put that screw in there, and I can get that wood really, really tight, and it ain't going nowhere. I built some bunk beds a couple years ago, and I love my bunk beds because it's the, the 
coolest design I've ever had and the coolest thing I've ever done. Did it myself, designed it kind of sort of myself, blueprints, I had them, but I kind of did some tweaks and changes. And, and does anybody know the word Craig, K-R-E-G? All right, if you're a woodwork person, you probably do. I'm a novice, but I learned this word Craig with my, with my um, bunk beds and their pocket holes that you can't see from the outside, okay? And so I learned some tricks, but the trick is this. If you get that pocket hole right and you get those good screws, I'm not talking about cheap screws, y'all. I'm talking about, you know, Jimmy Truett screws. You know, the good stuff, right? And you get those things in there and they're right, you're not, you're not taking it apart. That wood's not coming apart. It's fixed. So understand that somebody the size of Hudson or Nick is going to get on that top bunk. Going to try to jar it, shake it, jump on it. I got to have it fixed. I got to have it solid. In your life, you're going to have somebody trying to shake you up. You're going to have somebody trying to get you off center. You got to be fixed on Jesus. You're not fixed on Jesus, you're not going to have joy. It's only one way. Are you overwhelmed with joy? Are you overwhelmed with stress, gloom, and weariness? Be overwhelmed with joy. Well, here's the good news. He has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in the robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. Is that how you get dressed and go to work every morning? I see it like this, Brandon. Or I should say I see it like this, Uncle Bobby. It's Ric Flair. You know? You got your robe. Woo! I heard y'all doing it, right? If you do it, you got to do it, church. But not just, woo! That is not Ric Flair. I'm just telling you. Woo! Okay? And you're walking in and you're excited. The coolest thing about this is not about Ric Flair because I've seen him get beat. When you walk in with the clothes God puts on you, uh uh-oh, watch out. Watch out. When you're walking in the robes of righteousness, holy smoke, don't you see the picture? It's not about your righteousness. It's about His robe He put on you. It's not that you're so great. It's that He's so great. And you get to go into work. Woo! And you get to shine the light of Christ because of His robes that are on you. And He put them on you. There's so many days, I've just got to be completely candid and completely honest, that I feel like a dirty, rotten scoundrel. I feel like a no good, what in the world am I doing trying to be some preacher? And then God reminds me, Robert, I put those robes on you. I called you out. It's not me, it's him. It's not you, it's him. So if you're walking in your own strength in your workplace or your family or wherever it is, don't, quit. Quit doing that. It's futile. There's no power, there's only weariness there's only tiredness that comes from that remember last week we talked about that eagle that we're gonna we're gonna soar on his wings only because god puts those robes on us hallelujah for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation which means he has saved me 
He draped me in a robe of righteousness and I'm able to walk in the righteousness of God. How many of us, we just beg forgiveness so much and we forget that He has called us out to be His very own. And instead of using that time that we're begging for forgiveness to say, God, what do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to shine today? Question, there's two questions on this one. This is simple. Have you received the robes? Have you received his garments? You know, in the New Testament, it talks about this too. You remember the wedding feast? Where when you go into the wedding feast, you get the wedding clothes? Have you received his robe of righteousness? The other question is this. Do you help others find it too? Do you help others find the robe of righteousness in Jesus? Or do you just keep it all to yourself? You've got to shine the light. You've got to give salvation and righteousness to others if we're going to be and do what Jesus wants us to do. You know, when I was reading this, i got to be honest, it almost sounded like I was reading the New Testament. It reminded me so much of what Jesus did for me on the cross. That literally when I stand before God on my judgment day, He's not going to look at Robert, He's going to look at Jesus. Because when I hear the question, what, what do I... What did I do to get into heaven or how to, how, why should I let you in or whatever? The only answer I got is Jesus. Because I know it's not about me. And Brandon just said it. Jesus is all you need. In verse 11a it says, The sovereign Lord, which by the way, that could be a sermon on its own with those three words. The sovereign. He is set apart. He is holy. He is the only God. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. The Lord will show his justice and everyone will praise him. Let me ask you a question. You think the world is in a good bit of trouble right now? You think our country's in, in, in a mess? You think the world's in a mess? My next question would be do you think God doesn't know this already? Do you think God's not prepared for this? Does anybody in this room read the Bible? Let me see your hand. Now, do you, if you believe the Bible is truth, raise your hand. Okay, that's good. Because just to let you know, you ready? We win. It's already, but it's not yet. But it's already, and we win. Because Jesus is coming. He's coming on that white horse. He's going to split the sky wide open and here he comes. Satan will be banished and defeated for all eternity. I hope you have the robes of righteousness on. I hope you're walking with him, following him. He will show justice. And everyone will praise him. And all these things we get so upset on this earth will not matter anymore. Justice 
is coming. Do you think that it's possible for our mindset sometime to get off the track of his justice? Do you think it's possible for our mindset to get on our justice? I want to encourage you again, you got to go back to the word fix. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. Do you understand that there's a day and you said you believe the Bible, you said you believe this word of God, that there's going to be a day where every knee will bow. Everyone will praise the Lord. They may not believe Him, they may not worship Him, they're going to praise Him though, they're going to say, you are God. It always kind of freaked me out as a kid. The scripture that says, even... The, dev, the demons believe and tremble. Like it is truth and it is discoverable and it is there so that you can give it out to your friends and family. The Lord's righteousness will spring up everywhere. In the last part of 11, his righteousness will be like a garden in the early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Who in here is like me and you kind of wait till that last moment in the spring to where you have to cut your grass? Like you're just waiting and, and you're intentionally, well, I know this, that like if I cut it, <laughs> then what happens? Then you got to cut it every week. Like it starts. It is on. Okay. And so I push it as long as I can. Were y'all with me this year? It was like February 3rd and we had to cut the grass. I mean, it was just wild this year. I'm like, no, Lord, come on. Righteousness will spring up everywhere. Isn't that an awesome picture? Isn't that an incredible thing? His righteousness will be like a garden in the early spring and plants springing up everywhere. I live with a lady that's got a green thumb. Now, she'd argue with me on that sometime, but she does. She really can, she can, she can, she's, you know, you it's like a scientist with all the experiments and growing new stuff and, you know, planting stuff and all that kind of fun stuff. And, and the joy that she has uh, when, when it, just, it just sprouts up everywhere. And it looks like Disney World at our house, you know. Just flowers everywhere, colors everywhere. It's so fun. Don't you think God, when his righteousness springs up everywhere, is like that master gardener? We know he is. We know he's the vine dresser. We know he's the one. That's taking care and seeing all those things. And he wants his righteousness to just spring up everywhere. And I would be amiss if I didn't include something in the sermon that God put on my heart to share today. This is um, a part of who Crossroads is. This is part of the DNA of Crossroads. And I want to share one part this week and some other parts next week. And these are reminders, if you will. But this is something that's very important in this whole text, talking about as we wear the robes of righteousness, as we shine the glory and hope and the joy of Jesus. We should be living out the four A's. I don't know how, but I get called from pastors and they say, hey, tell us about your four A's. I've heard of them. All the way from 
from Florida to Tennessee, I've gotten phone calls saying, hey, would you send me that sermon? And years ago, God gave me this really practical tool to live out our righteousness. Now, don't think it's legalism because I don't want you being practicing legalist. I want you to be followers of Jesus, disciples that are making disciples. But these are pragmatic ways that we can see that garden spring up in our life. The first A is our attitude. That we should have the same very attitude. Scripture says the mind of Christ Jesus. Attendance in church, by the way, you need to understand that it's not just attending in church and being here on Sundays, being here on Wednesdays. It's you being an active, vital part of the family of God. You are investing and you are encouraging. You are not just taking. Okay? This is huge, church. It's not just about showing up. It's about what do you do when you get here. It's about your attendance matters. Hebrews 10.25 says that we need to be connected weekly right here at Crossroads. It says it like this. Don't stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But when you come together, what you basically do is get to encourage each other as the day of Christ Jesus is approaching. Your allowance Remember my longtime dream was that every, every member that was on the, on the roll would come one Sunday and they'd tithe that Sunday. I always wanted to see what happened because I knew it would happen. It'd blow our minds. Your allowances, your tithes, your offerings, what you do with that 90% is just as important as what you do with the 10%. It's everything that you have. It's not just money. But I'm telling you, church, if you want to be faithful in one thing and you just want to go ahead and do that, get that right financially in your life. Make it the first fruit. Trust God enough that even though you may not know how it's going to end up, you trust Him enough with it. Attitude, attendance, allowance, and finally, advancement. Are you making disciples that multiply? You are here as an ambassador and one to advance the kingdom of God. That's when God looks up and he sees that garden sprouting up, springing up, growing with an overwhelming sense of joy. And I want to encourage you, church. You have the opportunity in the days ahead to do more amazing things than have ever been done right here at Crossroads Community Church. Not at Crossroads, excuse me, with Crossroads. I want you to bow your heads with me. What are you overwhelmed with? Is it stuff that's temporary? Or is it joy that's eternal? Is it stuff that will come and go? Is it what he said or she said? Is it some things that are out of your control? You really don't know how to handle the situation. Or is it that maybe even in your life and spiritual walk, somehow you've learned that you need to be overwhelmed with joy so that you can shine the light of Christ? Father, teach us today. 
Let us go out of here and be able to practice today an overwhelming sense of joy that only comes from our relationship with you. We want to wear your robes of righteousness. We want to wear your garments into the feast. We love you so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.